Okay, hello and welcome everybody. This is Ben Chiruboga, the head of growth at Nexel. Today I am finishing my three-part series all around client teams and client service teams uh, with Dave Southern. Dave Southern, welcome back to the Revenue Operator Show. Thanks, Ben. Great to be back here for a third time. Absolutely. So we are uh, going to uh, round out uh, this three-part series um, all around client teams. And I'm really excited uh, because today we're going to talk about something pretty topical, right? Which is how can client teams uh, really help in a soft business cycle? Now, none of us want to use the R word uh, that I think we're all sort of circling around. So that's why I think we're talking about soft business cycle. But um, but let's also be serious about, you know, we, we the, the chances of a downturn, uh, generally speaking, are are you know, on the horizon in some ways. And I think we want to talk about what law firms can do today to sort of shore up their relationship with their client teams. Um, so I think that's what we're going to get to. But we, before we do, in case nobody went to your uh, to your first two uh, shows, why don't you tell a little bit about who is Dave Southern and yeah, how did we how did we get to client teams today? Great. Thanks a lot, Ben. Well, so it, as I've mentioned before, um, I have uh, uh, been fortunate enough to be uh, working in the legal services space for probably about the last 20 years. I've held uh, senior BD and marketing roles with um, uh, Baker McKenzie, uh, Choate Hall and Stewart, Baker Hostetler, uh, and uh, a firm, a smaller firm in Chicago, uh, Gardner, Carton, and Douglas. Um, the fact is, throughout that whole time, what I've really been focused on are, are uh, things that, that have come to me through my other experiences, previous experiences in my career, which is to, to ensure that what we're doing is trying to focus as much as we can on understanding client needs and understanding them better than anybody else can. My, my uh, singular premise, I guess, is that mm. if you're able to do that, you're going to win. There's no way you can lose. If, you, if you've done your work there, if you understand client needs, what's really underlying, what's really important to clients in the context of any kind of decision that they're making um, uh, in terms of who's going to provide service to them. Uh, it's an, it's a no lose proposition if you've done your work properly there. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And uh, our first two uh, conversations really revolved around, well, unpacking client teams. We sort of, we sort of dissected it as if you would like, you know, what's the impact? How do you set them up? Uh, some specific plays. Um, the next uh, really, uh, really unpacked that and went a little bit deeper in terms of understanding client voice. Um, if I would say your singular thesis is understanding client needs, I would say within that uh, is really understanding client needs and client voice and sort of bringing that out through some specific plays. And you gave us some some incredible tactics on how to do that. Um, now I think we're going to take that and say, okay, you've 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 gotten all that data. Uh, now what are you going to do, and how are you going to do that within, let's say, a heightened uh, a heightened business environment, uh, maybe maybe either uh, new competitors or let's say a soft business cycle. Um, so that's I think we're going to come full circle. Super excited to to get into this. Okay, so let's um let's I think talk a little bit about client teams vis-a-vis -vis soft business cycles and how they can help in general. Let's maybe yeah. start there. Great, no, I appreciate that. And and actually, I was I was uh, uh, somewhat heartened to see over the last several days that. Uh, uh, that the chairs of uh, J.P. Morgan and Morgan Stanley have essentially uh, sent some pretty strong signals that that they're they're essentially operating in a business as usual kind of way. They're um, they're feeling that that uh, perhaps we won't get into a, a capital R situation, 
Um, nonetheless, even, even if the business cycle doesn't soften all that much, uh, the fact of the matter is that within the legal space, we're all up against some very challenging com comparable numbers because yes, we've had some right. strong years for the last couple of years. So, so, so for all intents and purposes, leadership of law firms is going to be experiencing this somewhat uh, as a as a soft business cycle, and we've already begun to see some of that happening within within our uh, our industry. Yeah, so, it's a fair comment. It's a fair comment. Yeah. So, yeah. so that said, what I want to what I want to say is I want to start with actually a couple of self evident truths, right? Mm. Um, first of all, we in this business are in a relationship business. The way that we are developing business is that we're continually setting expectations for uh, the kind of work that we can do, the kind of help that we can bring to our clients, and then hopefully exceeding those expectations. And it's a it's a kind of a continuous cycle of doing that. And in the context of that. Uh, you want to set your expectations along the lines of, again, client voice, client needs. So that's the first point I wanted to make is that that wherever we are, we are in indeed in a relationship business. The second self-evident truth I want to share with, with you is or remind you of is the fact that growth is easier when you're working with established relationships. And I've heard uh. different different comments in terms of what the you know what the dynamic is, you know, whether it's it's 10 times easier or 20 times easier or whatever it is. But, but it's kind of intuitive also, the fact that, that um, your growth opportunities, the, the, the way to be able to develop more business is gonna be a lot easier, a lot more easily done uh, when you're talking about clients with whom you already have a relationship. And I think we've actually seen a, a demonstration of this kind of dynamic through our experiences in the pandemic. Right. Um, we all, you know, were quite nervous and and uh, and all during the first month or two of the pandemic. But we pretty quickly understood that those clients with whom we already had strong established relationships, we were in a position to actually even strengthen them more and and turn that into revenue growth. And and so uh, I think that that that's actually a, a kind of a. a hopefully something that helps people understand that, you know what, there's nothing really to fear as long as you're keeping close to your clients. And obviously client teams is, is oriented to doing just that. As long yes. as you're doing that, there's, there's no need to fear that, oh my goodness, our business is going to fall off of the, uh, off the face of the earth. So um, yeah. those are just a couple of comments in terms of why I think client teams are so important in this kind of environment. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and your point is really well taken, which is uh, at the end of the day, um, um, it's complicated, but it's also simple. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's difficult, but it's simple in terms of in terms of the North Star, which is getting as close as possible. Um, and client teams are really, and I think just we're we're circling around the same point, and we've said it, which is client yes. teams are sort of starting to present themselves as a as a unique vessel and a unique lever to pull to get as close as clients in the most direct manner possible, right? Um, yep. uh, and, and 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 then just rounded out, which is soft business cycles, um, whatever they look like, um, really present the opportunity uh, or, or, or uh, in soft business cycles, that, that, that entire idea uh, is so much more important than ever before. Yep. So okay. why don't we, why don't we go, why don't we take from, 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 so that's our why and that's, and for all the leaders out there sort of thinking about it, that's why client teams are sort of presenting themselves as, as being so necessary during this period of time. Um, why don't we, why don't we talk about uh, uh, 
how can how can client service teams sort of help within the context of a soft business cycle? So, you know, we have the why. Let's maybe talk about the what, uh, I think, and what they would be doing and all, all, all of that. Okay, good. Well, so so to provide some context for that, what I'd like to do is to is to recall some research that was done uh, uh, and published by Michael Reinewieser, uh, the principal at BTI, uh, several several years ago. Um, and and what he had done was he he'd done research into the structure of client relationships with law firms. And this wasn't just an individual client relationship. Uh, model that he was talking about, but it's actually kind of a macro model. So in other words, as you're looking at a specific client, he was talking about the dynamics of, of, of how they decide um, what, what the, the universe of, of uh, law firms looks like that are serving these clients. And here's what he found. For the larger clients, the ones that we all covet and, and, uh, and try to, to develop uh. relationships with, there is generally speaking, and this is through his research, there's generally speaking one firm that stands above all others in terms of, of the relationship, the strength of the relationship, and then also importantly, it's demonstrated by the share of uh, legal spend that right. this firm has. Um, and so the level of, of share of legal spend was somewhere around 50%, let's say. Wow. Yeah. For one firm, for that one firm. One, one firm, yes, right. right. Exactly. And, 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 you know, the size of the institution doesn't really matter. The, the size of the client, it, it tended to be around that level. Interesting. After that, you've got a couple other firms that, that one would probably consider also to be go-to firms, at least for specific services and so forth, uh -huh. who are taking up maybe another 30%. So, right. So they're in competition, these two firms, for the next 30% of the share of legal spend. So what that says is you've already got 80% of the, sh of the share of legal spend <laughs> right. for with those top three relationship firms, those go-to firms. Yep. The, the remaining 30, 50, 100, 200 firms yep. that, that are also doing work for, those, for that particular client, then they're fighting it out over the remaining 20% of yep. legal of legal spend. What that means is it's so important for a firm to set as a goal, a principal goal, to make yourself one of those top three, ideally, obviously, the, the number one firm, but to sure. occupy that small group of firms that are on that, that list of the go-to firms for a particular client. And I think Michael was really spot on with this observation because um, that's and and that's also actually we've talked the last time about measurements of how do you know where you're where you're uh, uh, if you've progressed and how you're yes. doing and that sort of thing. Right. If you can if you can realistically say that we are occupying a spot in that that uh, universe of top of top firms top relationships with a client, you're going to be in a much better position and and there's opportunity obviously for more and more growth. You're probably generally also competing for work. That is um, higher margin work, more valuable uh -huh. work for the uh -huh. for the institution, uh, the so-called bet the company work that that we always talk about, and so I, I think that this puts a real fine point on the idea that that uh, uh, that having a focus on client relationships and making sure that you're doing everything you can to to enhance those is is going to actually help you to succeed. So I don't know that I provided any new information there, but I think. I thought that that Michael's work was really interesting yeah. from the standpoint of 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 showing strategically why this is so important. 
Yeah, yeah, it's inc- it's incredible actually, um, and it's incredible for two reasons uh, because it's in some ways it's it's so stark whenever you see the numbers how it's broken down. It's also incredible because it maps to the eighty twenty principle, which is in most in most cases twenty percent of uh, a panel of law firms hold eighty percent of the spend, right? Effectively, uh, and really just to tie that back to soft business cycles, at the end of the time, you know that eighty percent of spend is probably going to be the most defensible because it's going to be the highest margin work, right? So really, it's like when push comes to shove, some stuff is just so important that there's not going to be any cut to it in any specific way. It's not going to be brought in. It's not going to be automated. It's simply, and that's really where that high margin work of that's really compiling and it's really only going to a handful of people uh, uh, effectively so that's how that's how we tie in that soft business cycle right it's like saving yourself and saving the client in in that capacity in that situation so why don't we um go ahead yeah no 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 no, i was just gonna say all good points thanks yeah yeah so why don't we jump from why don't we jump from from there uh and i think let's let's talk about client relationships and strengthening client relationships because that word gets thrown around a lot, but but that's really how you go from the from the bottom twenty or the bottom eighty percent that's getting twenty percent of the work to the top twenty percent that's getting eighty percent of the work. Right? It's about the strength of relationships. So, can you tie in for us how client teams what can they do specifically to strengthen and let's let's underline, score, and bold that idea of strengthen because that means something very specific for these client right. teams, right? Yeah. No, and and I guess what I would do is is kind of harken back to the the last couple of conversations and 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 just emphasize some key points. The 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 principal goal is of course to enhance client intimacy. The the yeah. the relationship we talked before about zippered relationships that exist at various levels um, yeah. of people on both sides, the law firm and the client side. Um, the first point I guess I want to make uh, reinforce is you got to cover all the bases. And when I say mm-hmm. cover all the bases, I'm, I'm meaning make sure that you've got represented on the team playing uh, important roles, the people with the key relationships, the strongest relationships, obviously the people who are doing the current work that's being done, the folks who, ha- who have responsibility for the process itself, for making sure that the service delivery process is, is happening in the way that the client wants it to happen, that the communications are happening in the way that the client wants the communications to happen. Right. You also want to bring on all those functional experts for the areas you're both working on, but also importantly, those opportunities that there may be in the future in terms of expanding the relationship. Uh-huh. And then also, finally, you want to have uh, BD marketing present and, and, and engaged on the team. It's important to have both the service delivery and the growth orientation when you're talking about pulling together all these revenue operations concepts and making uh-huh. sure that you're bringing it to life and, and making sure it happens. We also had talked before about, about ensuring that you're having regular status updates, yep. uh, conversations with the client, keeping as close as you can with respect to that doing post-matter reviews um, uh-huh. to, to ensure that you're checking in very specifically at certain points. And then also more, more um, formal kind of client feedback yep. uh, to, to make sure that, that you're, number one, hearing from the client, but number two, and, and equally as important, demonstrating to the client the importance of listening to them, understanding yes. what they're feeling to you. Right, right, uh, you, right. There's nothing... Nothing better for demonstrating that than than to to periodically say, "Hey, I want to talk to you about this. Um, mm-hmm. We'd like to get together and do this." So yeah, 
Yeah, wonderful. And uh, and uh, to to your last point, for all the listeners out there, if you haven't, go back and listen to part two of our conversation where Dave really sort of break broke down these three key. Um, these, these three key internal communication structures, sort of the post matter, uh, the check-in, um, as well as sort of the, the, the post-mortem, post the check-in, and, and of course, uh, the larger client survey and how, how important they are, how sequenced they are, and how much they build on top of each other. And then, of course, how empowered they are for purposes of strengthening, again, because we're, we're almost running a specific tactic here, which is let's strengthen this relationship. Let's get into the top three, right, in some specific right. way. So that's that's what that's like kind of the the north star there basically. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's um let's round this out. Uh, you've been so generous, I think, on this call, and of course with your with your time in general. So um, uh, let let's round it out with with some some surprising uh, some surprising findings. You know, you've been doing this uh, for a <laughs> minute. Um, when you think about you know, the intimate, the level of intimate interactions that you've had with clients, you know, yourself actually during the time within law firms. Um, I know that, I know that you have some surprising findings, so the, both, both on a personal level, but also sort of uh, what comes out of this can, can always be, be incredible. And I think it's just a nice qualitative way to sort of round this out. And there, there's something, there's something interesting that comes out of this sort of the intimate yeah. level of interaction above and beyond uh, a, a bottom line, uh, getting into the top three, getting, you know, a percentage of that 80% uh, spend. Um, tell us a little more about that. Sure. Yeah. Happy to. So I, I guess the first thing that's been surprising to me is, um, when you're talking to clients, when you're asking these questions, particularly when you're asking them in a structured disciplined mm -hmm. kind of way in the kind right. of client feedback, uh, scenario, yep. Yep. um, the, the first thing that I found very surprising is the consistency that you get across a firm. So yes. in other words, the kinds of, of responses that you get are, are really remarkably similar from client to client to client. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and what's interesting is, is that I have, have found that as I talk to colleagues who are engaged in these processes, they've found the same thing to be true, that there's a great deal of consistency across the board. Yeah. So um, some of the ones that were, I guess were kind of, um, I don't know if surprising is a word, but it, but they're kind of eye-opening. And and uh, one is that that we had heard again and again that um, that our clients want very much our help to um, to develop their people, yes. and and to help build their teams because to the extent that they're considering you an extension of their team, uh -huh. um, which is a, you know the relationship nirvana, I guess, right? Yes. <laughs> to the extent that, to the extent that you're there. Um, uh, they want very much for you to contribute to the development of the entire team, not just uh -huh. the folks who you have serving the client, but also the client personnel as well. Um, <clears throat> I, another thing that that was, um, again, maybe not surprising, but it was interesting that this was this was reinforced is the idea that um, that the client knows that they have many many options available to them. Right, not a big surprise. And and what we were able to find though is the ways in which we were considered to be superior in certain areas, in areas where we had been already uh, uh, serving the, the client and so forth. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And again, that was happening very consistently across the board. But I guess the, the, the one other thing that, again, as I talked to colleagues ar around the industry, um, one thing that actually was surprising to me, it was surprising to us as we saw this within our own firm, and it's equally surprising that we've seen this from others who've done these kinds of ex uh, exercises is that 
one of the things that consistently clients seem to be asking for is they want to know more about how you can help them. Right. So the idea of, you know, we've been for years talking about cross-selling and all yes, that kind right, of stuff. Right, and, and there's, right. and there's uh, obviously more delicate and more uh, sophisticated ways of, of talking about that sort of collaboration. Yep. But, but the fact is clients want that. Uh -huh. Clients desire that. And it was really interesting to me that, you know, sometimes our, our attorneys are a little bit reluctant to, you know, yes. to be seen as coming on too, too strong in terms right. of right. suggesting other areas to talk about, uh -huh. but clients expect it and they want it. And yeah. so that, yeah. I guess to me was the biggest surprise. And so, you know, I, I yeah. think there's opportunity for all of us to, uh, uh, to, to suggest, Hey, you know what, let's, let's not step back from that. Let's, let's make sure we're doing it in a smart way, in an informed way, a way that shows that we have a clear substantive understanding of our clients to begin with, Yeah, but don't be afraid to ask, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid to ask. I love it. And if I, if I could, you know, it's just, I actually just had my own sort of Nirvana moment, which is, which is, if your client, and I'm going to tie your first point in with your second point, which is if your client believes that they are, that you are an extension of their team, that you are part of their team, then right. why would they not want to know about all of the things that their employee can do for them effectively, yeah. right? They, they, they wouldn't, they, they, they would expect, they would expect their team member to be raising issues, to be seeing things, to be proactive, uh, to be pushing the boundary of what, uh, from a risk assessment or even just a value oriented way that, that, yeah. that would be the expectation, right? The only real problem is, is if you don't see yourself as part of their team, then you don't actually do that. If you only see yourself as a service provider, I don't know, but, but it sort of seems like that's really, that's really why, right? So, so they're effectively saying to you, like, yeah, like I need you to raise issues, right? You're, you're part of this team, Like, go ahead and tell me what, what like I'm, I'm relying on you. I don't know. What do you, I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of just, I just had a, a dumb moment a, a little bit, just tying those things, two things together. Yeah. Yeah, like you observed before, Ben, it, it, it can be complicated, but you know what? Sometimes the best things are simple. Yes, right. totally. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. This was the end of our three-part series. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, it was an absolute pleasure uh, getting down and jamming with you and talking all about client service teams. Um, they're, they're still, in a, in, a, in a broad sense, you know, still so nascent. And I think thought leaders such as yourself who are really thinking about this are really establishing this as an incredible lever within the context of a larger uh, movement of operationalizing revenue uh, and how law firms really go to market, work collaboratively, um, and um, and really grab the demand that's that's really out there. It, the world is only going to get more complex, right, effectively. And in some right. sense, it's now really about, do you grab it or does it go really somewhere else? The pie is growing. It's just a matter of uh, whether or not you're going to really get your slice uh, to use a very, very tried and tried and little old metaphor, but still a goodie, right, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah, no, cool. I think you're yeah. Well, Dave, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here. Dave, thanks so much for the time. Thank you, Ben. Thank you also to everybody who's uh, who's been listening to this uh, and watching it. Appreciate it. Yeah, we do as well. So we'll see you soon. Thank, take care, everybody, uh, and join us. If you like uh, this podcast, be sure, like, comment, share, all the rest of it. You guys know uh, how things work on the internet. Uh, okay, everybody, take care, everyone. Have a good day. See you.